Welcome to the Cultum Collective Commentaries, featuring Dave AC, The Sixth Doctor, and Randall Thor. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Cultum Collective Commentaries. Yes, it's an exciting time around here at the Cultum Collective Studios. Uh, we're actually uh, expanding. Yeah, we're running out of room, so uh, it's, it's time to look for new digs. Um, hey, Dave, any any uh, hits from the realtors? Uh, well, actually, yeah, I think uh, I, I, I got in touch with mine. I think I think he might have been able to make it over there. Well, why don't you give him a call? Hmm. Okay. Yeah, hello. How are you doing? How are you getting on that place? Uh, they, they let me bring in my cat and a, a telephone. I'm good. Okay, so, Sounds roomy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just here in a corner. I've got this whole office to myself. Oh, oh, oh no, no. Dibs. I'm having dibs on the corner one. <laughs> Darn it. Uh, I want the one closer to the coffee machine. All right. Well, I'll let <laughs> Mike have the one near the cooler then. Yeah. Because anyway, I'm but... cooler than you. But uh, <laughs> um. He'll be here all week, folks. Yeah, well, you, you better hurry back to the studio because... Um, yeah, we've got to get started. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, all haste. <laughs> anyway, while we wait for Mike to get back, um, probably best to tell you what we're doing tonight. Yes, we're talking all over the top of the next episode of Better Call Saul. And if you weren't around here for the last episode, it was 5-0. So that means this one is Bingo! Yes, Bingo was his name was a farmer and a dog. Anyway, I'm going to have to sing the whole thing now in my head. Okay, done. <laughs> I think there's a drinking game in here somewhere. Yes. Well, this is, this is the Colton Collective. There's a drinking game everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> On that shelf over there, that shelf there, uh, that wine cabinet over there. <laughs> Name check. <laughs> All right. Well, actually, I, oh, oh, here's Mike. He's just come in the door. Hello, Mike. Whoa, hey, how are you? Oh, we're definitely going to need to move. <laughs> you kicked the door in. Uh, someone can replace that door. <laughs> ah, dear. I'm not worried. <laughs> Did you confiscate his bong? <laughs> no, I think he was hitting that at the office. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, well, yes, we're about to talk all over the top of Better Call Saul, episode 7, called Bingo. Yes, because there's bingo involved. Not Jello Wrestling. <laughs> Just bingo. All right. Someday, Dave. Someday. Someday. Ah, someday. <laughs> Ice cream someday. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> before we lose the audience entirely, I think I should uh, check to see that everybody's got their official copy of Better Call Saul at the ready. Gentlemen, are you ready? Uh, three and five, jump and jive. Um, you see here. Bingo, I'm ready. <laughs> Bingo! I'm ready. And if you're ready at home, I will count everybody in. In five, four, three, two, one, play. There's Dave. William Hill. Frederick Carter. It's a nice must, uh, beard yes. on that guy. <laughs> 24. Then they frame his face. Yeah. It, it, must, it must be a rough place. It's usually the 10 most wanted. They got 24. <laughs> two and four, two does. You've been spending too much time at a bingo hall, I think. <laughs> My uh, father-in-law did a bit of bingo calling uh, a social community club. Oh, oh, Mike, did you ever get that notebook back? Did you say? Oh, I'm not doing trivia anymore, so it's not so much of a concern there, Dave. <laughs> okay, well, perhaps he won't show us up too much today, then, uh, hearing all these clever remarks. Yeah. Keep want to say Ermintrude <laughs> from Magic Roundabout. <laughs> uh, wait, of course that means Dave knows all my trivia secrets. Give the notebook back. 
Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but he's actually mixed up his 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 suit here. He's actually wearing the the pinstripe, um, mm. and he's actually wearing the the uh, the pale yellow shirt uh, instead of the uh, what was it? Matlock. Uh, the we've wearing the Matlock shirt and the uh, the the other suit, mm. the pinstripe suit. Oh yeah. yeah. Instead of wearing the the blue Howard shirt suit. Yeah, I was just trying to remember what the color blue he was. He called it Amblindigo. Yeah, Amblindigo blue. <laughs> of course, this is the aftermath of a very, very uh, big episode last week. You know, we're really a, one of. Uh, well, Mike's uh, best episodes, really. Mm. Central character for the whole week. This is sort of the aftermath they're dealing with now. Yeah. And the fallout. Oh, oh uh, three. Number, uh, cup of tea, number three. Oh, He's going to be like this whole episode, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got to do something. I have any interesting facts, so I may as well do something amusing. Kyle thought it was hilarious what we were doing on Pod Shock. <laughs> if we had help, <laughs> he said he spit his tea out listening to the beginning of that. <laughs> plug, plug. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, You've already mentioned this is uh, Season 1, Episode 7, Bingo, but it aired on March 16th, 2015 this year, at 2.67 million. And Bingo doesn't go up to that big a number, so I can't do a rhyme for it. But I can tell you it's 47 minutes long, and it's 4 and 7, Torquay in Devon. There's going to be some kind of Easter egg in it, in those posters back there. Crew or something like that. <laughs> I, I might be a bit slow as well today, yeah, because I had a, a really big uh, takeout chicken dinner tonight. Hmm. Did, were you, was, where was that, Dave? Where'd you get that from? Uh, it was one of these new places. Oh, I can't, one of these names I can't pronounce. You'll probably have heard of it. Uh, was it Los Pollos Hermanos there, Dave? That's the one. Uh, I heard they have some uh, good chicken. Yeah. And off-the-menu stuff. Oh, I didn't know about that. But, uh, yeah, good. That's for the Blue Ice special. Yes. Huh? That's not Mountain Dew Baja Blast. <laughs> it's two old guys that have been round the block. They know the story. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> they know the score. And you got to wonder there whether he knows a little something, more than he's letting on. Something else yeah. about this this scene right here. Have you noticed how long this one take has been? Oh, it's yeah. one continuous yeah. shot. That's yeah. rare on TV. Yeah, it was about five minutes uh, fifty seconds before we went to those opening credits. No, I mean that just that one shot there of the two of those ah. two characters. The one example I keep going to for longest continuous shot that I've seen on modern TV is the very first episode of Doctor, Modern Doctor Who, Rose, when Rose and, and the Doctor are walking away from Powell Estate. That one continuous shot there when they're talking is just one shot. And right there we had one just long take. Right. We haven't talked about what we're drinking tonight. Oh. Well, actually, I'm drinking a, a very reasonably priced Morrison's wine. Uh, it's called 
Crinali, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, from Italy, 2012. And it's absolutely lovely. It's damsons, it's uh, jammy, um, 30%. It's really lovely. It's a, a fairly moderately priced wine. And we'll certainly be buying this one again. Ian? I'm drinking uh, F. Stephen Miller Angels Reserve Red Angel. Uh, to the 2013 Calaveras County red wine. And it's sufficient. It was better on first open. Now, when I saw that, I was thinking, what the heck is that thing angling? It's, it's some sort of worm, but to tell you the truth, when I first saw it, I thought some kid had uh, hung up some uh, dog deer or something. I couldn't make the work what it was. Hmm. I thought some pranksters on get outside his room. Because, of course, the, the local kids in the area probably think his brother's a bit of a crank. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be wrong. So. And what I have to drink here, I found something in the uh, fridge there at the at the uh, the new digs. Let's go ahead and ah. crack it open here. It's a ah. Canada Dry ginger ale. Wow, live on air as well. Yeah. Really? yeah. Oh, we only got to 19, bingo. <laughs> My hair. <laughs> and the jacuzzi. What? Watch this, he's outside. Sixty. Can't read this one. Sixty. Grandma's getting frisky. (laughs) Oh. Oh dear. Jackie Jesus. Well, we have a moment here. I will go ahead and mention the director of this episode, one Larissa Kondraki. This is the one and only episode of Better Call Saul that she's directed. Uh, what else has she worked on? She's directed episodes of Copper, uh, that TV series, which I think that was on BBC America. Yeah. Uh, t- episodes of Rogue, Graceland, Covert Affairs, Divide, an episode of The Walking Dead from this year, an episode called The Distance. And most recently, an American episode of The Americans and Halt and Catch Fire TV series. Two episodes. So that's the director, Larissa Kondraki. Huh. Uh. Uh. You need a bigger office like we did. We're, we're, we're getting a bigger office. Yeah. Four, knock at the door. Thirteen, I'm looking for some. Five, man alive. You say I've got dementia then, did you say? They're not afraid of doing dark scenes. I mean, uh, quite a number of years ago, there was a terrible habit, I thought, with directors. When they were doing night scenes, they actually shot them during the day and they put like a a filter, didn't they, in front of the camera so you could Mm, see really strong shadows, you know, shadows you could cut your finger on almost. Uh, You know, nothing that the moonlight would have provided. And But that is really good how... Oh, 
I'm hoping our place looks a bit like this. Ian, looks promising. Yeah. Might have probably tell us it was more of a dump than this. Yeah, I've seen fancier places. Hang on, are those your pot plants there at the door, Mike? Oh, uh, no, they don't look like... Oh, okay, yeah, they do look like that, Dave. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's another way in of making sure our eyes of harmony don't meet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pod shop joke, folks. Yep. And what, I'll wait to see what the corner one's like, because that's the one I put dibs on. There you go. Well, I never said corner office, Dave. I just said I was claiming a corner somewhere. Ah. So you know, it's the corner of the corner office. Yeah. I wanted a nice vista overlooking the motorway, the bike, what, what do you call them, in the interstate or whatever. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I love Cracker Barrel. <laughs> oh, Cracker Barrel. Legend and I were calling some of those the other day. I won't say what we were up to. <laughs> I think it, Cracker Barrel's the same in America as in the UK. It's a cheese. Yeah? That too, but it's also it's a restaurant a... chain. Mm. Ah. They're down along now. Uh... They're mainly located uh, along the Hines. They're, so they're, they're like a the stop-off point for if you, you know, you're traveling. Yeah, ah, right. And they have a store. When they have all these, you know, and all sorts of different knickknacks and clothes and right and candy and old-fashioned candies and stuff like that. Right. Because we're an international podcast, you know, we're going to keep uh, people fame. Yeah. And if you're if you're there on a Sunday, try the chicken. Oh. Won't be as nice as the one I had. No, it's not the last pot of menos, but uh, you know we can't all be so lucky. No. I had a bit of an issue with the guy serving me though. He tried to give me another brown bag. He says, "Here's your other brown bag." I said I didn't order anything else. He said, you know, you're the brown bag. Anyway, I left it there. Yeah. You'd probably get the sack. <laughs> Kitchen's where I found this Canada dry. Ah. You haven't lived until you've tried the, 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 the raspberry. What is it? Black raspberry? Yeah. Black raspberry, yeah. Yeah, it's very good. I found it. <laughs> we <laughs> bought two bottles of it. Nice. I think, I think it's Tim's favorite, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The Cattlemen's. Haven't seen them for a while. She's unusual, the the, the woman playing as Cattlemen, because she, she dresses very sort of staid and... Um, you know, prim and proper. And obviously that's completely in contrast to her um, personality and indeed her looks. <laughs> Practically, how long of a hike was that, Jimmy said? <laughs> uh, two hours. The dreaded D word, deal. (gasps) 
Dirty Gertie, 30. A common rhyme derived from the name given to Gertrude uses the nickname for the statue La Deliverance, installed in North London in 1927. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guilty. Yeah, there's no money. It, I think they made a slight error that with this amount of money, you know, guys, because to employ these really rich lawyers for months, and when we see all the paperwork later, right. there's at least half a million pounds worth of, law- <laughs> of lawyering been done there. And we're up to 18 minutes and 12 seconds. <laughs> of course there's no money. <laughs> You'll lose because you're guilty. <laughs> Betsy and that money. Uh-huh. There's no money. Huh. I want a Hamlin, Hamlin McGill uh, coffee mug. Yeah. Fired? Did I say something? <laughs> huh? You see the way he's chasing after them. You can know that they're a big client, so right. the ch- the fee is going to be astronomic. Uh, uh, in America, does the lawyer firm claim the money back if you actually win from from the other from the other party, as it were? They get a certain percentage of. Oh, it, you're locked oh, into it. I thought that was the sound of a bong going then for a minute here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on. This is my bit. Grab your bingo over. Oh, wait. Wrong thing. 32? <laughs> That's me and you. Forty-eight. <laughs> oh, I haven't got a one for that one. The McGill advertising on all the cards. Yep. <laughs> And that's uh, playing the bingo assistant. I don't have much to do this week. <laughs> Number repeat six. Customers. Number is... six. Tom Mix. Oh. He's off again. Uh, Kelly Llewellyn. Who's been in this. Uh, Bear. And uh, plays the wireless store sales clerk in Sense, which is in post-production right now. Now, here in the UK... Uh, about this sort of time, a lot of the compares had those daft mics that looked like a, an extended one thing. Right. Terry Wogan used to use one a lot. You've heard Terry Wogan? Yes. Wogan the Terrible. Sorry, what? Terry Wogan. <laughs> On blankety blank, blankety blank. Uh, Bob Barker also used a microphone like that on The Price is Right. Yep. Didn't need to, but he just preferred a microphone like that. Oh, that's right, the phone number. The, the, if you remember the Hero episode, the number on the billboard, I probably mentioned this, but that that response there, they did set up a phone number to a voicemail with that message, and you can leave messages. Oh, sweet. Yep, I called it, left a message. <laughs> Say you want to sue these people who keep flinging pizza on your roof. Yeah. <laughs> 
And they're back at the diner, too. Mm-hmm. If I ever go to... Uh, if I ever go there, New Mexico, I've got to got to try out this diner just to so sit there. Uh, so 66 on there. Route 66, is it? Mm-hmm. 66, clickety-click. There's the gun advertisement on the wall across the street. Yep. <laughs> the look on his face. They treated us as if we were guilty. It's like, oh, my so with all that money here. Yeah. She's a little unhinged, that woman. <laughs> just a bit. Just a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elder law. I I actually heard that term used on NPR the other day, just on its own. That's the first time I've ever heard it used outside of this show. Elder law. Uh, outside the Shire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Out past the Brandywine. Yep. Stay around for a second breakfast. <laughs> I like it. Big gulp. 7 Eleven. <laughs> I've never been to a 7-Eleven. Really? There's not one in the entire state of North Carolina. Ah. Well, 7-1, he's banging the drum, but I haven't got 7-Eleven. Oh, That's, thank you. And taking a leak right now is Tub Soper. <laughs> Sorry, I, 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 like I said, I don't know a lot. This was just cuckoo bananas. He normally is uh, actually uh, is a driver uh, in the transportation department hmm. in, in, in films. And he's been a driver in Brothers and a driver in Two Guns. And you can catch him, of course, peeing <laughs> in Better Calls All. <laughs> oh. Wasn't that a guy in the wanted? Yeah, poster? the beard. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he was one of them. Yeah. Well I spotted. Do I had to go back and look at that and go, hey, it's that beard. <laughs> Epic beard. Because Matlock here. He's not listening to NPR then. <laughs> <laughs> Here, have some packets of stevia. <laughs> oh. Incompatible mm. with the truth or their <laughs> lie. <laughs> uh. So good, I'm trying to get her to leave the firm. <laughs> what? Let's make a deal. Oh, wait. Three. Uh, number three, have a cup of tea. And what we're about to hear in a moment is part of the overall plot. This this, this whole thing with, with Jimmy, he wants to be a good lawyer. He wants to to step away from his past. The, the criminal 
parts of his past. Yeah. But uh, there's one thing still here. One thing still in play. Mm. Part of that money. Ah, uh, they never actually defined how much they gave him in that episode, did they? That's the first time we know it's it is thirty thousand. Right. Because we were trying to guess from the piles of money here that, that it was counted before. Yeah. I'll give you one more time check. We're at 27 minutes and 37 seconds. Those air pipes along the uh, ceiling are odd. The the library at my university that I the, the university I went to has pipes like that along the ceiling for for air ducts. Odd. Not spring, it's not a sprinkler system, is it? No, no. Nope. Of course, Jimmy's back to his back to his Howard suit, <laughs> and there you go—all those boxes and boxes of files, Dave. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, there's—if you imagine each one of those boxes has cost ten thousand quid in terms of research and stuff, or even if it's only a couple of thousand, their bill. It's going to be what hundred thousand minimum of this firm. Mm. Well, I think one of the reasons too that they've taken the case is a uh, status thing. Uh, right. Yeah, HHM probably sees it as an unwinnable case. If they, you know, but they 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 intend to win. But unfortunately, things haven't gone HHM's way because they got caught, you know, camping. Right. So, I think, it, I think it was more of a publicity thing than anything else. That's the reason why they took it. Yeah, and it, and if it didn't work out right, they'd just sacrifice this girl. Mm-hmm. Say, well, she wasn't up to the job. Right. We've got we've dismissed her now. Huh. No, three hundred. Oh, we've had three already. Wrote him to himself. I hope he spelled his own name right. <laughs> Hang on, I thought she just put a cigarette out. Uh-oh. Continuity did she, error. Did she put it out twice then? <laughs> yeah, did I spot something? Oh, yeah. Dave's just being nitpicky. Uh-huh. I'm not. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just so chuffed about something. <laughs> oh, heck! I hope he doesn't see our wine expenses, Ian. Yeah. Quite a reasonable amount we filed for. I thought. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they are business expenses. Yeah. Legitimate ones. Yeah, can't go in one of these things unlubricated. A sponsor, that's what we need, Ian. Embezzlement. <laughs> what kind of sponsor? <laughs> Look, He's looking upwards for inspiration. Ah, uh, is he? Is he looking to the heavens? Or looking to the shoebox of money. <laughs> uh-huh. <sighs> Regretting how much he spent on that billboard? Well, it worked for us, Ian and Mike. Our downloads really about triple this last uh, week or so. So that billboard must have done some good. There you go.
they're playing charades again. Charades. It's all a charade. Charade. Now, oh, is that the sort of die they use to trace stolen money? Is that what that is? I, I mean, I, I, I know what happens, but I mean, is it the same idea? I think so, yeah. Yeah, when they, they want to in, implicate somebody. It's just basically like a UV um, clear paint. It only shows up under black light. Yeah. Yep. I can't believe he's playing these blooming family games. Is a, I mean, there's nobody watching them, and they're still playing this sort of goody goody two shoes pants. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's actually it's, it's really good kind of characters in this that you know they're here, they're so squeaky clean and so goody goody, and we love to go camping and and we play charades as a family rather than the kids playing video games, and. But we're also embezzlers. Yeah. I read Just this ignore bit. that because we're not. <laughs> I read this a bit of a, a resurgence of uh, the 20, 25-year-olds playing board games again. Yeah, yeah. It has uh, kind of taken off again. Yes, it has. Hello? In America, at least, part of that has... Uh, has been thanks to uh, Geek and Sundry web channel um, created by uh, I'm trying to remember her name I uh, can't remember now but one of her uh, one of her channel one of her the programs on her web channel is uh, is um, hosted by Will Wheaton and it's called Tabletop. And they sit there and they play tabletop games. They explain the rules. They have a game, or two games, or three, depending on the length of the game. And, you know, we've actually brought a couple of games based on, on watching um, tabletop. Do, do we know why Mike's holding the radio there? Is he listening on the police? No, he's listening to the game. I didn't see him install a microphone. No, he's listening to a game. Yeah, he is. He oh, a, a game, a, a game. Yeah. He, he heard us. He heard a sports Just announcer. Just himself, right? Okay. Right. Yeah. How many apples on the wall? Five apples. Man alive. It's five. <laughs> Felicia Day. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. I love this like seventies kind of retro music. <laughs> oh, being a policeman, he knows all about breaking in. I take it yeah. <laughs> for official reasons, of course. Of course. Oh, black lights. Aren't they <laughs> fine? Just don't look in the kettleman's bedroom. <laughs> Quite a long sequence, this, really. Yeah. But it's well done. It's not, if, if, if you know, if you, if you realize it's, they've actually done it very well, and in, in the fact that they've actually had somebody go through the paces and 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 do the motions rather than them going through with somebody's hand and just putting handprints all over the place. Right. If you notice the the the, you know, when when you pick up the money, you would have picked it up with you know your, just your fingertips. You know, so there's one fingerprint on the door handle rather than a whole big messy handprint. 
you know, because he just would have picked it up and then carried it upstairs. I think the real reason for this scene, though, is that uh, the actor Jonathan Banks said, I had so much script to learn last week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, can I have a break? Ah, bingo. (laughs) I see what you did there. Uh, Pardon? Toughen <laughs> um, it right back up because obviously that one 10,000 one was his, then the change, and he's had to get some more out of the bank. Uh, he reluctantly puts that down. But this right here, it's, it's an important character moment because if you remember. Yeah. Last yeah. week, with uh, Mike talk, Mike's speech about criminals earning more money than you'll ever see in a lifetime, and what do they have in front of them right there? How much money do they have in that case? Uh, square. Take it back. Take it all back. Oh. For now, until somebody else needs a favor. Mm. Of course, last time you see it, it'd been supposedly ransacked, hadn't it? Yeah, yeah. supposedly. One of the interesting things, though, about the Kettlemans is they're not hard done by. They live in a nice house. The children are healthy and, you know, so it's not, we're not even getting a a sympathy plea at all for these two. Yeah. It's just, you're meant to dislike them. Because there's yeah. no reason to like them, you know. We don't even get shown the kids an awful lot. Right. Uh, there's just a brief moment in the in the tent. Um, so there's there's no play for sympathy on the on the part of the, you know, the writer or the director or, or anybody. I mean, look at that. They got stainless steel, you know, stainless steel appliances. Lovely fireplace. And that main room there. Yeah. Open. Just... Now, had he lost his job before he decided to embezzle, or he lost it because they, they, they suspected him of embezzling? I think he lost his job because they ex- suspected him. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, <laughs> my favourite word, Invisible cuff of a waffle. Yeah, I think she would. The Kettleman gang. 
Uh, and the reason why he says that, of course, is now he's had to put that money in. He knows he may not be able to move to the swanky new ones. Mm-hmm. Mm. The kids that you rarely see. Yeah. Who are played by Caleb Burgess and Sage Bell. Hey, hey, well done to them. Caleb has actually uh, been in uh, War Gang, incident at public school, uh, in uh, an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hmm. Uh, episode called Zzzt. It's F-Z-Z-T. Camper number three. And a contestant on... Uh, playing a contestant on Webheads. And Sage uh, has had a part in A Million Ways to Die in the West. Outlaw Prophet. And Persecuted. I think that first was a Seth MacFarlane movie. Yes, it was indeed. Oh. <laughs> I just love the forlorn look on their faces. <laughs> the elevator door closes. Like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> It also amazes me how they can change the mood of this. I mean, one presumes they film this scene and the scene where he's looking at the offices the first time on the same day, on the same block. Right. But by different camera angles and his demeanour, you know, all the all the events that have happened in between seem to have happened in between. Right. The other the other thing that I've noticed too is when they're originally in the offices, the light was streaming through the windows. Bright light coming through. Now it's a dull light. The you know, the sun's probably more overhead than than it was before. But you don't get this bright kind of hopeful, cheery light. Mm. It's a more subdued uh, atmosphere. The colors don't oh. pop quite as much, and you know. Take that off your salary. Uh. Well, there you are. See, they've got a cloud in the sky now. <laughs> That's what passes for a cloud over over that way. You know what, Jimmy? I feel the same way when I realize Moffat is still on Who. Oh. The same way. <laughs> and by the way, um, last week's episode, I think it was only... Um, what, 42 minutes long? Uh, let me just check. Yeah, 42 minutes long, 5 And this one runs 47. There we go. Uh, what about timing that was? <laughs> and let me just uh, check. Uh, before that was... Um, our famous shepherds, alpine shepherd boy ones. That was 44 minutes. Now, isn't this unusual in America to have different lengths? I know in the BBC do it quite often. It depends on the network, I guess. Right. Uh, Hero was 47. This airs on AMC, which is a cable network. It's not a one of the main networks. So they're they're flexible on time. Nacho was 47, Maya was 46. Perhaps it was just last week's episode that was uh, shortened. Anyway, a lot happened in it, a lot happened. Yeah. 
in. Yeah. Um, well, it's time for our wrap up, folks. Uh, we've reached the end of the end. I've tied my tongue. What next? <laughs> it's time for our wrap up, folks, as per normal. And uh, going first is Mike. All right, this episode, I don't know, there there wasn't really, okay, there is a lot to talk about in this episode, it's just, uh, how do you want to tie it in? There were some, there, I mentioned the important character moment there with when Mike and, and Jimmy had the, the bag of money there on the desk, and it's going into this whole thing that we have, even in, in Breaking Bad, of, you know, how do you earn a lot of money really quickly? Do you do it by by moral means or do you go by criminal means and kind of a thing that we see on both shows breaking bad and better call saul is that uh the good moral way is not the way to go if you want to if you want to profit and so here they were faced with this money and going back to last week's episode episode six it it ties back into mike's line about you know the criminals earning more money than than he would ever see as a cop it's it's here we go we get that echoed right here Really nicely done. Uh, just overall, this episode we have the Kettleman's back. We finally have that story arc resolved. That story arc that's been in the air since the very first episode, ever since Dave spoiled that they would be returning characters. <laughs> I'm not going to let that down. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we, we finally have that story arc finished. The Kettleman's are done. Where we, we they've been they're the they're resolved. That's why well, I didn't. I didn't know they were done. I haven't seen the next episode. Just looking at their story, looking at what happened in this episode. What more could they do with the characters? Really, that's not spoilery at all. It's they're done. They, they they've been found out. That their crime has been exposed. They they've now they're getting a deal. Yeah, there's not much else out. you can do. And we yeah. know what that one way out is. So there's no more story to be told. Yeah, there's not much you can do. So what else in this episode? Uh, we see the pro- progression of of Jimmy trying to be, you know, a good character. He's a good lawyer. He's he turned back into the, the the money and and that that temptation for the for the money. He he turned away from that. We saw some pro- a slight progression with Chuck's character, with him finally stepping outside and trying to fight against that uh, mental condition. Whatever, however we're referring to it, fighting against his, his condition, trying to overcome that. So this episode, there's not really that much to say. It's just progressing this story. It's not really a majorly important episode. It just links us through to what we're going to see in the upcoming, what, three episodes we're at? No, yeah, three episodes that we have left uh so good episode it's just not one of the more major episodes so there's not really much for me to talk about there you go i'll go next um i agree with everything mike said there um i just love the 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 character development that we get in in the 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 kettleman story and and the way they're treated in there and the way you're meant to not like them um there's some sympathy involved in, in, in anything going on with these two um Especially um, Betsy, you're meant to despise Betsy because all she really cares about, and she doesn't care. If you notice, she doesn't care how long her husband, if he gets found out, goes to jail. She cares about the money. It's all she cares about, um, and it's, it's a thing that becomes quite obvious, especially when they're at uh, HHM. They're just sitting there, and she's like, "Well, there is no money. There's no money." She would sell him down the river in order to just keep the money and you know and it wasn't her money to begin with and i mean it wasn't either of their money to begin with but he's the one who did the embezzling probably because of her she wanted a certain lifestyle and uh you know there's so much you can read into the kettlings which is, it's, which is kind of nice you know they set up a uh, great little uh duo there with the two of them that you just don't want to like, um, and you don't. Uh, love the break-in scene, Mike doing some Mikey things. Uh, again, like I said, I, I love the setup on that. Normally, you know, older shows would have had, you know, there would have been glowing handprints all over the place, but they did it nicely. They did a, a good job, you know, 
tracking that out would naturally have occurred. You know, there wouldn't be big splotchy handprints everywhere. Um, yeah, it, 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 it moved the plot along. It moved the character of, 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 uh, keep going to say Saul, but he's not Saul yet. <laughs> um, Jimmy, it moved Jimmy along again. You know, here he's faced with this dilemma and he does the right thing. Um, and and saves HHM's bacon, to be honest, which he doesn't get thanks for, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, it's a good, a nice episode. Uh, nothing spectacular happens. But then again, after the, the knockdown, drag-out episode that we had last week, it's nice to have a bit of kind of quiet. <laughs> so, Dave. Yeah, um... I won't uh, speak overly long. You quite, uh, yeah. You can. Sorry, I almost up... choked on my wine there. <laughs> <laughs> you can sum it up really quickly, as you said. Yeah, you know, Mike and and Jimmy uh, have now reached an, uh, an understanding, a mutual trust. Um, the um, poor Jimmy's still, uh, you know, and I'm doing. I'm moving my fingers in the air, quote unquote. You know, he's doing the right thing, uh, but reluctantly, um, uh, his fortunes were on the up and up. Uh, and of course, by the end of the episode, all right, he, he's he's won one sort of moral battle, but at a very very high price. And um, uh, you know, we're still not certain if you haven't watched anything else of of how his his adventure is going to turn out. Meanwhile, as Mike said, his, his brother Chuck is um, turning the corner and might start to take some interest in uh, in lawyer work and so on um, as we move forward. I haven't seen any more episodes than this. Uh, and Mike, of course, is seen here um, as a fixer. You know, you want some, uh, some sort of uh, work done, you know, uh, and uh, Mike Shaman. So that mutual trust, the, the the understanding that these two are coming together. We also have that frustration of um, Jimmy hoping to bring his uh, lady friend into the business with him. Um, she has worked so hard to get where she is, she didn't want to throw that away. Uh, and you also feel that, you know, she she has very, very strong emotional feelings for Jimmy, but she knows he's not really, quote unquote, again, husband material, reliable material, uh, because, um, you know, things always have a habit of uh, getting upset. So, yes, uh, not not a, a great episode, but um, understandably so from last week. Uh, we've got to, what, eight, nine and ten, three more episodes to come. So hopefully we're building up to a, a, a nice little uh, climax towards the end. And this is sort of the lull before the storm, but yet with some very important plot points being uh, laid out. And um, I'll leave it at that. You know, there's just one comment that I wanted to add with the, the beginning of this episode where we see the the, the aftermath of last week's where Mike was talking with the de- with the detective from Detroit from from Philadelphia his his friend and last week's episode we see we saw what he what he went through what he dealt with what he dealt with with his son and all of this and uh, if you've seen Breaking Bad this episode just makes Walt even more of an asshole <laughs> makes you hate Walt even more because of what Walt ultimately does concerning Mike and I'll leave it there. You hate Walt even more based on what you see with Mike's backstory. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Before we spoil too much more, (laughs) it's time for us to go, folks. Uh, We'll, of course, catch you on the next episode of Better Call Saul. So uh, with that said, it's goodbye from Mr. Randall Thor. It's goodbye from Dave AC. And it's goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. Bingo! Sorry, goodbye everybody! So, when are we moving to the new apartments, uh, Ian? Uh, There's a problem with that. Um, I just looked at our um, wine bill, and uh, 
We can't afford it. Oh. It's out of this little wine, Dave. <laughs> oh, it's time to party. <laughs> oh, wait, did somebody say something about finance? Oh, crap. <laughs>